Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my co-host sister and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Oh, so good. So good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. How are the Christmas projects coming along? <laughs> they are coming along really good. I, uh, I had to move my resin pouring operation into my office mm. because I was that I have a second office. Yeah. I'm spread out all over the house. My mm-hmm. family's sick of me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, my son's bedroom, but he happens to be home for two months for uh, college and it wasn't stopping me. I was just venting his room good. But now that he has his puppy, I just don't want her to sleep in a room. I, you know, we just got to right. be super safe and careful. So you guys would die. I mean, it looks like I'm in a bit of a, an organized space. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> We're just in a very organized little corner of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. really good, actually. I'm getting close. I don't know. I tried a freeform resin uh, pour today that was an epic disaster. I should have grabbed it and shown you guys because it's a terrible failure. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious. But, you know, the, t- tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> right. Right. Such is the life of the resin artist. Mm-hmm. It goes yep. real good or really bad. There's not really a lot of in between with resin is there. Well, I waited too long. I got a phone call and it took me off my game and. Oh, yeah. And it was no. from the insurance company. Yeah. Like I had to talk to them anyway. Ah, yeah. Innocuous okay. wants to know what brand of resin do I use for my crafts and why? You know what? I usually use Total Boat and I like Total Boat, except for that it has. It cures really clear and it cures hard and fast, but it, uh, the only thing I don't like about it is it's been sticking in my molds a little bit, which is kind of irritating. So you can put demolder in your molds first. You can uh, dust them with talcum powder. I tried that method today because I have one thing that, um, that I can't tell you about because someone's mm. sitting right here Oh, <laughs> apparently, that I'm, uh, I'm pouring yeah, and I still need to use that mold two more times. And the last time I poured it, I had a hell of a time getting everything out of it. So, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to break up with Total Boat. I'm getting kind of tired of it. But it it dries really, really hard, which is awesome. Because some of them take days to not be flimsy. And yeah. Total Boat, overnight, it is hard as a rock. And it's UV uh, safe, which is good. It doesn't yellow as fast. So nice. I like it, but anyway, I don't know. And maybe I'm just using low quality, cheap ass molds from Amazon. Oh no. Yes, I am. <laughs> so, maybe it's my own problem. <laughs> hey, uh, JR wants to know if we have hoodies with the true crime paranormal logo. Well, not yet, but we're about to, we are actually working on a merch store. We just have t-shirts right now. We're working on a merch store with more things Mm -hmm. and hoodies will be included. So stay tuned, JR. You're going to see that coming right up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm doing really well too. I actually am honestly just really excited about tonight's show because (laughs) we have some updates for you guys. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. You know, we have been following the Daybell Vallow case, the case of the murdered children, J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan, for months. We've done many, many episodes on it. And some things have gone down in the last 24 hours that we have been very excited to share with you. Mm-hmm. And they're mostly shenanigans. Let me tell you, <laughs> we've got a bunch of stuff going on between the attorneys and the prosecutor. <laughs> All this stuff that has been filed in the last 24 hours. 
And it's frankly pretty hilarious. Um, you know, and I don't like to say that, you know, a murder trial of children is hilarious. It's actually not a murder trial, but anyway. But watching these guys, I'm just shaking my head all the time. And I, I'm not a defense attorney. Yeah. But there are times when I really question um, the sand of these people. Uh, Thank you for asking about my interview, JR. I have not had it yet, but I will update you when I do. Yes. But let's jump into this. Let's jump right into the, I'm going to read you some stuff and I'm going to do a voice for the first part of it, because this is how it happened in my head. And it's because of the way that it's written. Okay. This is a motion to disqualify the prosecuting attorney, uh, Mr. Robert Wood. Mm -hmm. And this is also a motion to extend time on motion to dismiss. So they're trying to get more time on that hearing that's supposed to be on the 6th, but they're trying to disqualify the prosecuting attorney. So this is Mark Means filing on behalf of Lori Vallow. Okay. I'm going to read you the first part in my voice because, well, you'll see why. (laughs) Okay. Now the above named defendant, Mrs. Lori Noreen Vallow Daybell, by and through her attorney of record, Mr. Mark L. Means of Means Law Office, PLLC, and move this honorable court for an order disqualifying and removing the special counsel, Mr. Robert Wood, from this criminal case, and that he be directed that he is not to take any further action regarding any matter as it pertains to this case. So (laughs) I just couldn't help it because comes now the above mentioned and you know i don't know you're too for honorable court yeah it's like, wow. i mean i i realize that court documents are very formal but this is like extreme formal yeah i think that he probably copied and pasted it off the internet because this is mark means we're talking about but anyway mm-hmm. so here's what they're saying Okay, so the court has and is granted the inherent authority to remove the prosecutor on many grounds. Counsel for said defendant moves this court for this order as Mr. Wood has committed prosecutorial misconduct. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they are accusing Wood of witness tampering, witness intimidation. Okay, it could get him disbarred. It's a crime. He could go to jail for it. I mean, this is not something that you do on a whim because you have no other defense for your person unless you are Mark Means. Okay. This is a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't uh, accuse a prosecutor and demand for their removal without an enormous amount of evidence uh, without really coming out of it looking like a jackass. Oh, so bad. So This misconduct further supports defendant's motions to extend time to dismiss to allow the defense to amend its its motion and present the newly acquired additional evidence that was not included in any of the state's discovery responses, including but limited to the most recent discovery responses. Okay, here are the grounds of the motion. Said motion is based upon a recently received audio recording between Mr. Robert Wood and the material witness Summer... Uh, Shiflet, who is uh, Lori Vallow's sister, that occurred in October of 2020. The recording clearly illustrates Mr. Wood's attempt to coerce, unduly influence, coach, and or intimidate said material witness to this case. 
In addition, an audio recording of Mr. Wood interviewing another material witness, Zulima Pestenas, who was married to Alex Cox at the time that he died, Lori's brother, also at or around the same time, October 2020, discussing matters that support the state's position of the case, etc. Okay, so here's what they assert happened. The prosecutor misconduct violated the... Oh, there's a mistake right there. The prosecutor's misconduct violated the due process rights to the defendant's Idaho and U.S. constitutional right to a fair and impartial trial. So apparently talking to witnesses is against their rights. Uh, The prosecutor engaged in coercive, unduly influenced coaching and intimidating tactics to manipulate a material witness or witnesses in this case. The prosecutor in this case violated the Idaho rules of professional conduct as well as the ABA rules by his actions. This is such a huge allegation. Uh, Action statements and the like detailed on said audio tape. The prosecutor's misconduct could be construed under the witness tampering and witness intimidation statutes as criminal acts. Okay, first of all, um, this dude's not the police. He can't determine what is a criminal act and what is not a criminal act. The prosecutor's misconduct has made him a material and necessary witness in the criminal case. That's why they want to have him uh, kicked off the cases so they can call him as a witness. Mm-hmm. Are you freaking kidding me? Uh, Further, the defense intends to file additional motions as it relates to this evidence and intends to subpoena the prosecutor. This is not the first time they have tried to subpoena the prosecutor. Do you remember that? They tried to do <laughs> that. That was my first thought. Yep. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they want to uh, subpoena him as a witness to support these motions, future motions, and at the trial itself. So those are completely asinine allegations. Mm-hmm. So let's go see what else is going on here. So then the illustrious uh, Mr. Pryor yep. jumps on board. Um, yep. Also hilarious because I'm going to read it again because they did it the same way. Um, <laughs> they've also filed the same thing. Motion to disqualify prosecuting attorney. Motion to extend time on motion to dismiss. So yep. you get to hear the voice again. Mm-hmm. Comes now the above name name named defendant Chad Guy Daybell by and through his attorney of record, John Pryor, and moves this honorable court for an order disqualifying and removing the special counsel, Robert Wood, from this criminal case, and that he be directed that he is not to take any further action regarding any matter as it pertains to this case. Okay, so they go through the whole thing again. It's basically they're giving all the same evidence Mm-hmm. The ground of their motion is just practically cut and paste and just change the names. Yep. Um, so they want to disqualify him. They want to call bad him. grammar and bad punctuation and yeah, and you know, same um, poorly written stuff. Old English bullshit, whatever. Okay. So <laughs> guess what? Mr. Wood responds. Because of course he does, I'm sure. Can you imagine? He probably rolled his eyes so hard he fell off his chair on this one. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, so here's what Mr. Wood has to say. Because, you know, obviously we're kind of on Team Wood here, but uh, we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically he, you know, states that he's he's making an affidavit based on his own knowledge and experience of these 
uh, interviews that he's being accused of. But we're going to learn some really interesting things <laughs> about this. It's as if they didn't know the facts would be released. It is. It is as if they did not know. So here's what he has to say. At all times during the recordings referenced by the defense in their motion to disqualify a prosecuting attorney and motion to extend time on motion to, to dismiss, Summer Shiflet and Zulema Pastenas were represented and accompanied by their Arizona attorney, Garrett Smith. Uh, what? <laughs> their wow. attorney was for this entire conversation? And you'd think he would have walked out the door with them if there was some kind of misconduct going on. You sure would. Uh, I have never met with Mrs. Shiflet or Ms. Pistanis outside the company of their attorney. The meeting with Mrs. Shiflet took place on or about October 1st, 2020. And the meeting with Mrs. Pestenis took place on or about October 2nd, 2020. Both meetings took place at the Chandler, Arizona Police Department. So he went down there to meet yes. with them. Mm -hmm. Guess why? Because they <laughs> asked him to meet with them. Mm -hmm. It gets better. Yep. Yeah, it does. The meetings I attended with Mr. Smith, Mrs. Shiflet, and Ms. Pestanis came about as a result of Ms. Pestanis reaching out to my office and law enforcement through her attorney, Mr. Smith. So he went there because they asked him to come. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The meetings I attended with Mr. Smith, Mrs. Shiflet, and Ms. Pestanis were introductory in nature and not investigative. Said meetings took place before investigative meetings with law enforcement. I did not sit in on the meetings with law enforcement. At no time did Mr. Smith make any objection to statements made by me. And after the introductory meetings, Mr. Smith accompanied his clients to interviews with law enforcement in which they actively participated of their own free will. At no time during or after our meeting did Mr. Smith raise an objection or concern that I had coerced, unduly influenced, coached, intimidated, or instructed a witness how to respond to any questions. Not only did Mr. Smith not object to anything said during the initial meetings with Mrs. Shiflet and Ms. Pistanis, Mr. Smith and Ms. Pistanis, Mr. Smith uh, then met with law enforcement a second time a few weeks after the first meeting. They didn't seem to be real intimidated, did they? <laughs> so intimidated. Right? It's obvious that Means was just, or uh, sorry, that uh, the prosecutor Would. was just so mean and scary. Right. Uh, he says, <laughs> I did not record the meeting with Mr. Smith, Mrs. Shiflet, and Ms. Pistanis. It was not at his office. It was at their office. The recordings provided by the defense were recorded without my knowledge or consent and do not include the entirety of the conversations among me, Mr. Smith, Mrs. Shiflet, and Ms. Pestanis, and as such appear at some level to be incomplete and or possibly edited. They did not get his permission to record, and they are not full recordings. So they've been messing around with these recordings, which... Yeah. As an audio professional, I can tell you that they could have taken out words and changed things, you know, moved stuff around to make it sound like they said anything. Mm -hmm. So these are not official recordings. Let's make yeah. that clear. I believe that Mr. Smith recorded these conversations due to the fact that part of the recording with Ms. Pistanis appears to have taken place outside of Ms. Pistanis's presence. I do not know if Mrs. Shiflet and Ms. Pistanis consented to the recordings or to any disclosure or any third parties. 
Right. So that's the other big question. Yeah. They were speaking to their, their attorney. attorney present. Right. And to their attorney. Yeah. It's this is so problematic and crazy. It is so bad. So bad. And and I really um, you know, they they can't use these. They didn't have permission to record. They've clearly edited them. They're they're evidence of nothing. Not to mention the fact that if Means was doing anything wrong, don't you think that their attorney would have objected and said, hey, I'm ending this. We're not doing this. Right. He didn't. No. And Wood didn't call them to Idaho and subpoena them and make them come. They asked no. him to come there. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is so fishy. So yeah. in... In true badass form, not only did Rob Wood respond, he also <laughs> he also filed his own filing with the courts. Mm-hmm. Not only his response. He has asked for a motion for a judicial protective order in this case. So the state of Idaho, by and through the Madison County Prosecutor's Office, serving as a special prosecutor in Fremont County in the above captioned case, hereby moves this court for a judicial protective order prohibiting the parties, witnesses, potential witnesses, victims, victim witness coordinators, law enforcement officers, and court personnel from the following. Providing any exhibits referenced in the defendant's motion to disqualify the special prosecutor or any exhibits any party intends to admit in a hearing on that matter to any reporter, the media, or from publishing said exhibits on social media. So pretty much release those recordings and you're going to get smacked, mm-hmm. is what that says. Yeah. Making any comments regarding the above captioned case on social media, including but not limited to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. So do not talk publicly about this. Mm-hmm. Provide any correspondence or communications between or among the parties to the media or publishing said correspondence or communications on social media. So no sharing anything with anybody, no posting anything. The motion is based on the following. This is a high profile case that has received a large amount of media coverage. Hence the reason we're talking about it right now. The defense has filed a motion to change venue and any comments by any of the parties to this case only served to heighten media attention and or participating in any of the acts lifted above listed above creates more media attention and will create difficulty in picking a jury on this matter. The state also requests an expedited hearing on this matter and requests that the court enter a temporary order granting the relief sought above until such a time as a hearing may be held. So he's asking that this be put into place, this judicial protection order right now. Mm-hmm. So um, they can be heard on the matter. Yep. Yeah. Um, what the hell? I mean, yeah. seriously, they have what they have accused him of. Yeah. I mean, you don't just go out accusing prosecutors of things like this. And then their proof is some shady recording that they made themselves that wasn't done in an official capacity and that has obviously been edited. I mean, did these guys go to law school at clown school like well again we have to ask does means just really really want to be released from this case because he has done his damnedest now for the past eight months to get removed from it with all of his bullshit then here we are again 
I know. Here we are again. And I, I hate this because this puts doubt on everything. And that's basically what the prosecutor is saying is how do they get uh, a jury that doesn't know too much, know stuff that may or may not be true and who Mm -hmm. doesn't trust the prosecutor because of this bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there's a lot here. Mm-hmm. That is no, not exactly good. what they're trying to do. I mean, yeah, these two—they have no case. No, they have two very guilty uh, defendants, and you know, Mark Means is, was bitching not too long ago on Twitter about how he has no case. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, he doesn't, and he doesn't, and so they have tried to pick at and unravel anything anything that they possibly could to weaken the prosecutor's case. Cause that's really all they have. So now they're going to try and topple the King, you know, and take down the prosecutor. It will never happen. No, they are making themselves look like such fools, but it also really makes you question. Was this a setup for Woods in the, from the get go? Right. Did Summer or Zulima, I guess it was Zulima that contacted his office. Did they do that with the intention of creating some kind of desperate, you know, audio here, or was just this just the icing on the cake? The crazy mm-hmm. thing is the parts of these interviews where they were actually supposedly spilling their guts, you know, and telling the police what they know, that wasn't even the prosecutor wasn't even privy to. No. Which which really leaves me with more questions. Mm-hmm. Is this even were they meeting with that with the uh with the Chandler PD on a case or, or even sorry, with information that even applies to these current charges, or was this about Charles's death or was this about Alex's death or was this about the shooting of Melanie's ex-husband? What were they actually meeting with the prosecutor about because they or the police about because they didn't meet with the Rexford police. They didn't meet with the FBI. They didn't meet with the Fremont County police. They were meeting with the Arizona police, which makes me think whatever they were talking about is not actually applicable to this case right this minute, or maybe some of it is, but it, the whole thing is just very, very odd. It is. It is. And it does seem like a setup. It does seem like part of the plan because that's all they've got is to just try to discredit because they don't have a defense. There is no defense. Mm Mm-hmm. There no. are dead children, okay? And they found mm-hmm. them on Chad's property. There's no defense for this at all. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I do think, you know, that this could be an attempt to uh, give Lori an opportunity to appeal or, you know, over an incompetent attorney or if there was a questionable prosecutor. I mean, the, mm-hmm. just just shining a negative light like this is, is enough in some ways to hurt the case. Mm-hmm. And... But the thing is, the case is there. Whether Woods is there or not does not matter. Right. Because the evidence is there. That's not Wood. That's the evidence. Mm-hmm. And we've heard, you know, a sampling of the evidence uh, in the uh, preliminary hearing. But mm-hmm. we, don't, we, you know, there's still so much we don't know. Oh, so much. There is so much inf- electronic information that we haven't heard about yet yeah. that it will blow our minds. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Means knows that. Mm -hmm. And Pryor knows that. Right. And so playing games like this, this is this is their shot because they don't have a defense for what is going on here. This is all they've got. 
So, you know, I don't think this is going to be successful because their evidence is shady as hell. Yeah. Um, You know, I'd like, I would love to know, you know, Idaho is a single party consent state when it comes to recordings, which means that only one person on a recorded call or a recording situation has to give consent. But what is Arizona? What is their law? Yeah. Good question. You know, and, and, and how does that change when people are in the presence of their attorney? I mean, obviously they don't have attorney client privilege when the prosecutor is also in the room. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's a third party in the room, then that doesn't count, but it's still really, you know, this was clearly not an official recording yeah. and it's been edited and screwed around with. And, you know, there are ways to determine that, that it's okay. not, you know, and in hundred percent, these guys don't know how to cover their tracks on something like that. Well, and you know, just like means has lamented, you know, the prosecutor's office does have the resources and access to people, uh, you know, well beyond his reach mm-hmm. for this very reason. And they right. will put that under their microscope and they'll, they'll, Oh yes. You know, um, there's FBI involvement in this case. They'll probably take that audio to the FBI. Mm-hmm. And they'll be able to prove in 10 seconds if that audio has been messed with. And if it's been messed with, then it's nothing. Mm-hmm. But then you have to also wonder about the attorney in Arizona. You yes. Know, that, is, uh, that is representing Summer and Zulima because uh, what the hell does he think he's up to? Right. Yeah. And I, this is weird to me. What is the connection between Summer and Zulema? Right? Like mm-hmm. this is Lori's sister. And, but and so she was married very briefly to Alex. But mm-hmm. I, how do these people really know each other? I mean, that's a weird connection to me. Well, I think that. But I think that Summer is more of a follower of this whole. Is she? Uh, I've never really yeah, known that. This, okay. Let's call it a cult. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think she is a follower of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. You know, she has kind of been on the outside looking in, but I do believe she was involved to some degree. Uh, she, interestingly, Zulima lawyered up as soon as Alex died. You know, she's had this mm-hmm. attorney. And I think this is the same attorney that was representing Melanie as well. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Melanie, the name not Melanie again. But yeah. 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 Uh, Shani or Shani? Shani? I'm not sure if it's Shani or Shaney. Please feel free to correct me. I uh, mentioned in the chat that uh, at least Zulema is finally talking, which is absolutely yes. correct because her violence has been deafening. Yeah. Yeah, it has. It has. Very curious to know what she has revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, why haven't murder charges been filed? It's a great question. Yeah. Um, you know, the reality is, is what they've got here is they've got conspiracy. And I feel like if they can prove conspiracy on Chad and Lori on the destruction and um, hiding of the bodies, then they can come around to, okay, they conspired to do that part. They also conspired to do the murder. I really feel like that's, oh, Shawnee. Okay. Oh, her name's Shawnee. Um, But I really feel like that's what they're trying to do because (laughs) the problem they have is they're all just pointing fingers at Alex and Alex is dead. They don't have... What they have is evidence of the conspiracy, not the actual crime. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they're trying to prove conspiracy on them first because it will be easier then to kind of make the leap that, okay, well, if they conspired to um, destroy and hide the bodies, then they 
clearly conspired to kill the children in the first place. I mean, mm -hmm. why would they do the other with one without the other? Mm -hmm. I that's just my non-attorney opinion. I think that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And and also they've given themselves a lot of time because these guys are sitting in jail. I mean, Lori's been in jail for nine months. Right. Well, it'll 10, be here in February. Yeah. Yeah. And Chad's been in jail since June and they're not going anywhere. I mean, their trials aren't even till next July. Mm -hmm. And so it's giving them a lot of time. To and strangely, no one's lining up to bail them out. No, not, not even, so. you know, Summer and Zulima. Zulima. Yeah. No, that's a drink. But you know, totally Summer had no problem going on that. I believe it was Dateline interview last fall or, or early in the spring and lying her ass off about Lori and, and a mom lying about when she had talked to JJ last. And, you know, I mean, yeah. Summer can't be trusted. She has lied and lied and lied. Yeah, she definitely has one. Yeah. Zulema has been weirdly silent in all of this, mm -hmm. considering that her husband died as a result of it. Mm -hmm. uh, Cranky wants to know why are they kicking up a fuss now? Yeah. Well, I know why. It's because those that hearing yeah. to dismiss is coming up in January and they've got nothing. Mm -hmm. They have no reason to dismiss at all. They're trying to create one right now. Don't, don't you think? Oh, yeah. That that's probably why now. Yeah, they're shooting their shot now. They have to. They've got nothing. They're going to show up into court on January 6th with the whole, uh, Your Honor, we don't like this kind of argument, which is all they've had so You're far. Or, Your Honor, the prosecutor's being rude to us, you know, mm -hmm. that same kind of stuff. It's all they have. Yeah. So, yeah, they're desperately grasping for something to go on right now. But making allegations like this against the prosecutor with such a flimsy piece of evidence that has, you know, Ooh. potentially been altered, they're putting their careers on the line. They it, really are. Crazy. They really are because um, making a false allegation like this against the prosecutor. I mean, are you insane? Yeah. But yes, clearly, clearly they yeah. are. This is just yeah. wild. JR wants to know what are Chad's children's feelings about this? They have been silent. Chad's yeah. kids have been oh, absolutely silent. silent. Yep. They've just uh, kind of disappeared. Yep. Yep. As well they should at this point. Uh, you know, there for a little while, his daughter and son-in-law took some cheap shots online, you know, right after he was arrested, which was odd for sure. But um, after that, nothing. It's been absolute radio silence from his family, except for that letter, of course, that his uh, sister-in-law wrote to the ladies in her church. But other than that, that's about it. Yeah. I would suspect that they have been told, don't talk about this. Don't do mm -hmm. anything public. Don't do anything. You're going to hurt your dad. Um, well, and so our teachers, you know, Emma is an elementary school teacher in Sugar City. Yeah. And one of the sons is a middle school teacher here in Rexburg. And yeah. I would imagine that in an attempt to keep their jobs, you know, not that Emma has, you know, seemed to really care. She's been the most outspoken. She and her husband, Joseph, they've been great. Yeah. And I still predict at the end of the day that we might see some charges for them in obstruction. Um, yeah, I, I don't doubt that there's some involvement. How could there not be? The rest of Chad's kids, though, I don't, or, yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything. No, no. The others, mm -mm. They're just trying to stay as far away from this as they can. And, and who wouldn't in this situation? I can't imagine. But they're certainly not screaming um, to the rooftops defending their dad. They're not. No. They're not saying anything. 
Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how it be. <laughs> that is the update. So super interested to see what happens because um, prosecutor, what has asked for the, the prosecutorial um, restraining order. And they're asking, he's asking that it be enacted immediately until there can be a hearing on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Christmas next week and New Year's the week after. So is there going to be a hearing on this before this is all running up to the very, you know, it's my prediction that that will be ruled on tomorrow. So there'll be an emergency order come tomorrow, uh, granting, uh, prosecutor would, what he's asking for. I would think so too, because it's, um, I mean, it's, we've got the whole holiday and then January 6th is going to come up really fast after New Year's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Fran wants to know, is there anything else that has come up about the neighbor that walked the ditch line that suddenly passed? Nothing. Not a word. Nope. Not a word. The whole thing has gotten very, very quiet. It has. Yeah. They're building their cases. Yeah. Cranky wants to know what excuse uh, do they come up with for finding those kids buried in their dad's backyard? I don't know. Right. I am sure in these kids' how, heart of hearts, they know, you know. They have to. I mean, how could they not? But the, I think the really hard part for them, and I really feel for them, is in realizing yeah. that there is no excuse for that. That very much brings their mother's death into question. Yeah. You know, they were 100% behind dad um, on Tammy's death. And they've got to have serious questions now, don't you think? I would really think so. Um, a couple of thoughts. Well, uh, Shawnee said, I would like to know more about what happened between Lori and her brother, Adam. That's a damn good point, considering that we know that she tried to tell the police that um, Adam was trying to have her murdered. Right. Um, You know, at the time that uh, they were, you know, looking for JJ, uh, which was a bonkers thing to say. But definitely there's there's obviously been a separation between her and Adam. Definitely. Uh, Uh, JR said, you never know. Oh, what kind of father Chad is. I will tell you what I do know. Yeah. Uh, I know a girl uh, that I, one of my daughter's friends that is their neighbor. And she used to hang out over there a lot with their youngest daughter. And she told me that Chad was never home. She said that she has spent a ton of time in that house. And it was always just Tammy and the kids. And that it was very rare for Chad to be around. And that the kids uh, were extremely connected to their mom, but that uh, dad was very absent, which I thought was really interesting. Where the hell was he? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yes, he was touring around speaking with the prepare people stuff and things like that, but that wasn't that much, you know? So I thought that was pretty curious and interesting because we're not talking about six months. We're talking about a couple of years that she spent a great amount of time at their house. And I'll tell you, she loved Tammy. She said okay. that Tammy was the funniest, kindest, neatest lady to hang out with that you can imagine. Yeah. And that's what we've heard over and over again from people who knew her, that yeah. she was wonderful. Yeah. Well, okay. So one other thing that we know about what kind of father Chad is. So there was a news article about Tammy's death when it was kind of, kind of, you know, then people figured out that, oh, maybe this yeah. is something. They interviewed some of the kids and they basically said, well, you know, dad said that mom just woke up and that mom didn't, that he woke up and mom was dead. And 
you know, if dad said that, then that's, that must be true. Like there's a lot, there appears to be some blind faith in dad mm-hmm. that, I mean, not that everybody doesn't have some of that in their parents, but these are adults talking that they never questioned at the time. At least they didn't say publicly that they did how their mother died. They just took it on dad's word that, oh, she just woke, didn't wake up this morning. She was dead when I woke up. Yeah. She was 49, yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's so typical though, of the patriarchal, so uh, you know, uh, chain of command in the LDS church that yes. uh, what the patriarch in the family says goes. So yeah. if that's what dad said happened, then by God, that's what dad, that's what happened because he has yeah. the right to say and the authority to say, what happened? Exactly. You know, you and that's really how I took it when they said that too. Uh huh. There was an email exchange between one of the sons, I believe it was Garth, and a friend, right after Chad married Lori. Do you remember this? And he said yes. something along the lines that, yeah, he married. You know, he met some widower. He went to Hawaii to do uh, some work for one of his books, and he met a widow there. And it was just, I guess, kind of like love at first sight. And they got married. And he said something along the lines of, he's not a bad guy. He's just done some bad things. That's what he said about his dad to his friend. Mm -hmm. He's not a bad guy. Just done some bad things. Yeah. Yeah. I have, that has stuck with me a lot. Mm -hmm. What bad things? Because that was, you know, that was written seven months before the children were found. So yeah. what all are we talking about here? What else have you done? Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, I visited Tammy's grave in Utah. Mm-hmm. And that was a really disturbing experience for me. We've lost our mom. We've lost both our parents. And so yeah. I know what we did as far as a headstone and, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff that you do. You should see her headstone. I mean, and I don't want to say anything bad about it because it's not that it's a terrible thing. It's just that it was obviously a very inexpensive thing, probably paid for maybe by the kids together, or it's not a stand-up headstone. It is completely flat. It's just a square that has a few card things carved in it. It isn't the kind of headstone I would expect. It's not what mm-hmm. growing up in a Mormon community that you see. It, right. It, it It's very sweet. And it obviously is, you know, done by people who love her very much, Mm -hmm. but was it done by a husband who loved her and honored her life? No, not at all. A typical Mormon headstone will have both sides done, you know, and with Chad, it would have had a birth date, but no death date in the center. Mm -hmm. There would be a carving of whatever temple they were married in and the Mm -hmm. date that they were sealed in the temple on the headstone And the names of the kids on the back, that is your standard, you know, with decoration, very interested in and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a very standard. Everybody gets that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Chad is nowhere to be found on that headstone. No, it is only her. Mm -hmm. It is obviously sitting in a place that is not a double plot, which you would expect in a Mormon married in the temple kind of situation. Um, you know, from the moment she was gone to him, she was literally gone. Like he didn't do anything for her. And clearly her family did. And the the headstone is very sweet. She called her kids, her little ducks. And so carved on it is a, is a mama duck and the baby ducks behind of their children. Mm -hmm. And there were things, um, 
like things left by grandchildren, obviously little toys and things mm-hmm. that are being left at that headstone. So there are people who love her very much. And so I'm yeah. not trying to criticize that at all. It no. just is just not the typical the nature of the headstone. Yeah. yeah very there's strange. no involvement from Chad at all in that clearly. Also she's buried in Utah. Yeah. Which that is also not what normally would have happened. She would have been married near, buried near where he lives, so that he mm-hmm. can visit. Because that's a big thing. In so that their kids could visit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But instead, so, she was whispered away off to, whisked away off to Utah the second yeah. she was dead. Yeah, she was, and it, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. It, it's clearly, um, you know, it, it says a lot about him. Mm-hmm. It very much an out of sight, out of mind kind of situation, which is a terrible thing. I mean, this is the mother of your children, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, there are other women, uh, Julie Rowe particularly, who claim that they had affairs with Chad or that he at least tried to initiate an affair with them. Mm-hmm. That's right. And other people have really speculated that he may have actually had an affair with Melanie Gibb before he picked up with Lori. I don't have proof of that. That's just something that uh, we have heard multiple times. I predict that he's had multiple affairs throughout the years that I don't think uh, Lori was his first by any stretch, but she was definitely his craziest, you know, that uh, fell for all of his hype and built him all up and, you know, turned them both into what they are now. But uh, that's the kind of dad he was and the kind of husband he was, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that is. I mean, you can see it all over the situation. And yes, Chad, Chad, Chad did get almost a, a half a million dollars in life insurance. I think it was $425,000 yeah. in life insurance for Tammy. Yeah. But, you know, living it up in Hawaii and all of these attorneys and stuff, I bet there's not one dime left of that money. Mm-mm. It's an odd number, too, in life insurance for Tammy. Mm-hmm. Tammy was a librarian at a little country school. Tammy could not have been making more than thirty, maybe thirty-five thousand a year. Yes, and to have nearly a half a million dollars in life insurance on her—huge, very strange. Yeah. yeah, for our area and maybe where you guys live, it isn't as big of a thing. But here, that's a tr- that is a massive life insurance policy, especially in comparison to the actual amount of money she earned. That yes. just that yeah, way out of the ballpark. Yeah, it sure is. Wow. But he did uh, up her life insurance not be- long before she died. I mean, that's mm-hmm. there's so much, so many things that have been done that are so transparent, you know. Mm-hmm. But again, we're still waiting on Tammy too, and I'm still predicting mm-hmm. that there will be charges for Tammy. I really believe that there will be at least conspiracy charges, if not murder charges. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too. I think so too. They yeah. still haven't released her autopsy. I don't believe for one second that autopsy isn't back. They are sitting on it. It's mm-hmm. it's evidence, which they yep. certainly have every right to do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, that is our update for tonight. And it's a big one. So I hope you yeah. enjoyed it. Speaking of updates, we have another one. If you haven't heard, we have formed a membership here on YouTube. This is something mm-hmm. that we have not done before. It is called Spirit School. And so it is a membership that if you join it, you will have access to three special live streams a month. One of them will be a group meditation. 
and the other two will be metaphysical classes that we will teach. And we'll be taking some suggestions of things people want. Katie and I have both been teaching metaphysical classes for 15 years. Um, you know, I'm going to teach some energy healing and connecting with your spirit guides and working with crystals. Katie, what are you thinking of teaching? Oh, divination. Um, yeah, some, probably some energy as well and guides and connecting with the other side and predictive work. And yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a trip. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be super fun. So if you go to our main, if you go to the home screen of our channel and where it says uh, membership, just click on that. That's how you join. And then you will get notifications when we're doing this. We're going to get it set up so that it will be like the same day each month. Like the third Sunday will be the meditation, you know, so you'll always be able to count on when those live streams will be. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be sharing with you what we'll be teaching. And we'll be asking for comments back from you about things that you want. So feel free to go and sign up. The very first event is coming up this Sunday. I will be leading a winter solstice group meditation. And I would love to have as many of you there with me as possible. I'm really looking forward to this. Katie and I love teaching. We've both done a lot of it. And we are really looking forward to using this as a platform to teach far and wide. You know, we've been doing this metaphysical work for a long time. We really want to share it. So, you know, go. the subscription is $14.99 a month, Kate asked. And, uh, you know, we may offer other things too with more features and stuff over time. This is our first time doing one of these membership deals. And so we just want to give it a try and see how it goes and, you know, see if we want to offer other things as well. But if you're interested in the kind of work that we do, we do teach. So that's your opportunity to give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, it's $14.99. And Bianca, I'm overjoyed to see that you signed up. We're going to have so much fun working together. Uh, We are. So much fun. Yeah, it is. I love teaching and I love teaching in a way that you all can ask questions and we can address things yeah. in the moment. It's going to be really great. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. as close as we can really get to in-person teaching right now because of, you know, the vid, but right. Right. also because, you know, we're all over the world from each other. And so what a great mm-hmm. opportunity to be able to really come together and work, you know, close in spirit without having to be in the same room. Yeah. yeah. Very That's really exciting. fun. I, I prefer teaching online for that reason. You can reach so many more people. Mm-hmm. Really fun. Yeah. Well, don't forget, we still have the psychic hour coming up tomorrow night, Thursday night at 8 p.m. Mountain ish. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're close to eight generally. Uh, and if you haven't uh, watched or listened to our cases for this week that have already aired. Yeah. Um, definitely do. We had some really interesting cases this week as we always do. And so check those out. Kate says that spirit school is going to be like group therapy for light workers. Yes, it it will. It will definitely (laughs) be some of that in there. We're going to be talking about, you know, all kinds of good ways to take care of yourself and learn new skills. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we will be back tomorrow night with another live stream and we're going to be doing some readings, I think. Yeah, it's a, we haven't done a, just a good reading show in a few weeks, so we thought we'll, we'll probably talk a little about the current energy because it has been pretty weird, uh, and I thought maybe we'd pull out a singing bowl and do a chakra balancing of some sort, at least a good grounding, because I know you need it. Mm, I um, do. I'm talking to you guys and myself, I sent out a series of emails today with the wrong attachments to basically everyone, so <laughs> I need to ground too. <laughs> Luckily, I work with some great people that went, hmm. I think you already put this on Facebook. I'll go get it there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. 
<laughs> so we'll do some singing bowl grounding work because yeah, because I need it. So maybe yes. you do too. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Well, you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thank you all for being here and participating with us tonight. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.